Welcome to the eDiscovery Basecamp with Steve and Jack, where we cover all things eDiscovery and beyond. Tune in each week for a new episode featuring hot eDiscovery topics, amazing guests, and several other surprises. Let's adventure together. Well, hey, welcome to eDiscovery Basecamp. I'm Steve, sitting here with my good friend, Jack. How are you doing today, Jack? I am doing fantastic. It's been a busy day, but a good day indeed. It is. It has been busy, but a good day here at SeaTech in Minneapolis. Things are pretty quiet on the street, so we're happy about that. Uh, today, we are covering the very important topic of communication. And it does get to be a bit of a cliche when we, when those of us who appreciate communication try to talk about communication. It seems very basic, but in everything in life, communication is what? Essential. I was thinking I was thinking key. Oh, key. Yeah. But essential is a good word. It's got more syllables. Syllables, yeah. Yeah. Then then uh and it sounds, you know, more scholarly than right. key. But right. I like alliteration, so communication is key. Yeah, and and we we landed on this topic because as last week we were talking about the afterburner and one of the things that we were discussing off mic was that the key ingredient if you all remember the last, it's not a step, but the product of the afterburner is win. And the cases where that, that winning has been the most evident is uh, is the case where communication is evident throughout the process. Right. And all steps of the afterburner, the planning, the review, the execution, and the debrief, what happens in all, three, all four of those? Got to communicate. That's right. And good communication is better than lousy communication or slim communication. But there is kind of a Goldilocks rule to communication, mm-hmm. and that's that's where we think that uh, communication enters more of an art form than a science. Yeah, But we do have a little bit of a scientific model around our communication at SeaTech. Do you want to describe that for us real quickly? Just give us the – there are five points. Give us the uh, – quick rundown of the five points. So just to get you started there, Jack, because I know you're uh, you're a young guy and um, a millennial. Oh, 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 okay. that's, that's how it's got to be. I see. Yeah, take, <laughs> well, take it, taking a little shot here, yeah, but that's okay. what the heck. Uh, so just to get you started, the first step of our communication is acknowledgement. Right. Acknowledgement. And we liken this to a normal conversation. What if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, Jack, how you doing? And you offer no response. Just a grunt. Ugh. Not even a grunt. Not even just a grunt. Just silence. You just stare at the person. Oh, that's weird. So we kind of liken that to a client sending us an email and saying, hey, can you guys do this for me? And rather than answering right away, you know, we find that sometimes our introverted technicians will revert to just getting on the project, doing it, and not even saying anything. Right. And it's an awkward, weird kind of silence, right? Right. It is. It is a it's a, it's a significant gap. So they may be they may be in motion, they may be doing something really wonderful and special and so forth and I and I want to give them legitimate credit for that, but if the client is wondering well, uh, did, did wait uh did did, did um <laughs> did get anybody my <laughs> get my email? Are you uh taking care of that? Uh 
should I call somebody else because I'm not hearing back? You, you get the point. Yeah. yeah. Very similar to getting a non-response to a basic question like, how are you doing? Good. Oh, I was worried there. <laughs> Just staring blankly at you. The, the, si- the silence was... Uh, Deafening. It just about killed me. Right. So what is step number two? We acknowledge receipt. What is step number two? Step number two is sort of the the confirmation of the scope of things, where it's like I have an idea of what you're asking. I understand what what is being asked here. You know, it's beyond that we've received it. It's the here's what it's looking like. Here's our timeline for it kind of a deal. Yep. And it's a it's an opportunity to ask questions, to right. clarify instructions. It's an opportunity to see if the proposed timeline, which is really typically what what's realistic, but uh, on the aggressive side, uh, is is acceptable to the client. Right. Right. So you're kind of squaring things up uh, without having this could be for a fairly simple request or an ongoing thing, and without the need for an SOW or an MSA, we're just kind of going through some less formal motions to make sure. These are the terms. Are you good with it? Yeah. Yes, we are. And shake hands and move forward. Right, exactly. Although in these days of COVID, we can't shake hands. It's a nice elbow bump or a nod across the hallway. Fist fist bump. A Zoom fist bump. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what's uh, what's number three? I you know we let's let's just back up real quick. We liken this to, um, and we really developed this model based on what a typical uh, commercial airlines will do in right. terms of communication. So there's the pre-flight information, and sometimes you get the cap captain coming on the air or uh, the head flight attendant confirming where you're going. <laughs> you're on the right flight. You're on the right flight. I love it when they joke around and say, you know, we're I, if you're not on uh, planning to go to Kalamazoo, Michigan— uh, you should get off the plane like right Albuquerque. now. Albuquerque. You're like, oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Right. Not to pick on Michigan or New Mexico, but anyway. Yeah. So there may be uh, an early acknowledgement of what's happening. And then there's uh, usually some information, a little more detailed information about what the passengers are supposed to do and what's about to happen with the aircraft, right? Yep. Pre, pre-takeoff and so forth. Yeah. So... Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please stow your carry-on luggage underneath the seat in front of you or in an overhead bin. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt, and also make sure your seat back and folding trays are in their full upright position. If you are seated next to an emergency exit, please read carefully the special instructions card located by your seat. If you do not wish to perform the functions described in the event of an emergency, please ask a flight attendant to reseat you. We remind you that this is a non-smoking flight. Smoking is prohibited on the entire aircraft, including the lavatories. Tampering with, disabling, or destroying the lavatory smoke detector is prohibited by law. If you have any questions about our flight today, please don't hesitate to ask one of your flight attendants. Thank you, and have a wonderful flight. So now assuming that everything's going smoothly and according to plan on the flight, you're not having to make an emergency landing, what's the next point of contact that you hear from the crew? It's that mid-flight, mid-stream announcement, you know, saying, Attention passengers, we are approximately 42,000 feet up in the air. 
The clouds are sparse, and we are experiencing a nice tailwind here, and we'll be arriving um, looking like 50 minutes ahead of schedule. You know, something don't, like that. Don't you love it how they either come on either way too loud oh, or yeah. way too quiet? Right. That's exactly <laughs> and, like, and, what? And, the, and then there's the, the crew. And so, you know, it could be a chatty captain. It could be a, uh, a chatty, uh, uh, it's not a first mate, but a head uh, flight attendant that just, you know, seven updates on an hour and a half flight to Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, wow, you again. <laughs> and that's not the front end and the tail end. That's the stuff in the middle. Right, it's so, just those midstream reports. We we look at our contacts. We we've got a structure of five, and we look at them as a minimum. It, mm-hmm. it can certainly go beyond that, but it should not be less than that. What is one of the main purposes of maintaining that regular pattern of contact with the client? Well, our our main goal with all the communication is to never ever make the client feel lost or that they need to ask the status of their project. And we have a rule at SeaTech about that, don't we? We do. You know, you don't want to get that email asking for an update. <laughs> right. You want it, to be one step ahead. Right. It's it's not the it's really not the end of the world. Obviously like at SeaTech we you know, we're out we're growth oriented and we're not going to, you know, come down on anyone for it, but it's just a really that's kind of a key marker that everyone here is aware of that if you get that email Maybe, you know, just really take that to heart and think about... It's a time to recalibrate. It is. It is a time to recalibrate and to refocus on. And to take ownership for getting that email. Yeah, exactly. Because it usually lands on one person and one person only. And, you know, we all, all, you know, one time or another, that, that email, it happens. And it's one of those things where you have to really... It's, it's, you know, it gets busy, things happen, but communication can never slip in those times. That's the, that's the whole point of it, is it's, we may be running around trying to figure stuff out, but the client doesn't need to worry about that. That's, that's not for them. So imagine you're on flight uh, 1282 from Minneapolis to Phoenix, and you've, you've gotten the mid-flight update from the flight attendant. What's, what's the next common point of communication that happens? It is the kind of prepare the the initial descent and the prepare for landing kind of deal right you know we've begun our initial descent into wherever you're going and please place your uh, table trays in an upright position and uh, expect to be on the ground about 30 minutes so what's the correlation in the SeaTac model that is the key where or that is the point where we reach out and say hey things are going great we're putting the finishing touches on your project and this will be it's it's really the time for a precise ETA you know, because it's all, you know, it'll be done early afternoon, kind of in the beginning. Um, and then, oh, it's going to be done at 2.15. You know, we'll have, we'll have, we'll coordinate delivery. We'll coordinate all these different things in that time. And that precision can come sooner. Yes. It's usually not at step number two, but it may be at three. Yeah, agreed. But we also provide uh, detail about what they're going to get either at stage three or four. It's when the information's available. It depends on the on the project. Yep. But um, you can give a general scope on size, like it's bigger than a bread box, smaller than the Empire State Building at, at step number two. But three and four, you're drilling into more of the details about what we really have and when it's going to arrive. Right. <clears throat> and four is really getting the client prepared 
from a scheduling standpoint, like you're going to pull this down from FTP or I'm going to be over at your office in two hours. Right. So get ready. Yep. Give it, give them enough time. So you're not there and they're in a meeting or something. And you know, we always want to give a lot of leeway for that. Yeah. It would be akin to an airline not talking to you and all of a sudden bumping down on the ground and (laughs) you didn't even have a chance to finish your diet Coke and your tray table was still down, and the baby next to you was crawling around. Yeah, you know, that would be a little awkward and irresponsible of a of an airline, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So we want to give the client some preparation. Obviously, we're not dealing with airplanes and babies and and uh, tray tables, but it's still important work, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we want the client to be able to plan and schedule their day. Yep, if they've got actions and motions to take uh following whatever we report yep right yep it's it's like anything in life and then the you know we're up to number four so what's the what's the final the final the final step and this has become all the not that it wasn't important before but it's even more and more important now especially because you know, when with uh, people in the office kind of on sporadic schedules and maybe the person that we're doing the project for isn't in the office that day, but it needs to be delivered and someone else is in the office that's going to be picking it up. That is the, we're on the ground, your project's been delivered, you know, here's, this is, you know, we've already explained what it looks like. This is just the final confirmation that your project has been delivered, which like I mentioned is super important to do because you may be dropping it off with, someone's someone's assistant or someone's colleague or whoever and that person's sitting at home you got to make sure that they know you know we should be the first one to tell them that that's been delivered and that that's happened right you're closing the loop on chain of custody you're mm-hmm. providing the final details like passwords and links and right you know whatever is appropriate yeah and, and there may be some you know follow-up action like we'll get you the original media tomorrow or right. we'll ship that out via FedEx or whatever whatever the case may be. Exactly. It's it's just closing ultimately closing the loop, wrapping it up with a nice neat little bow so everyone feels good about it because nothing would be worse than putting all this hard work and effort into a project, being communicative all the way and then not you know saying anything at the end when it's done and they're sitting there going, "Well, I was going to come into the office once it was delivered and no one told me or whatever it would be. That would be not an ideal situation. Right. So we've always thought of uh, communication as the lubricant in an operation. Mm-hmm. It's like oil, what oil is to an engine. An engine could be beautifully built, um, have wonderful valves and cylinders and piston rods and, and lots of horsepower and so forth, but... If it doesn't have oil, it's not going to last very long. Right. Systems and processes and people running and working those things do not work very well without communication. Correct. That is spot on with that. And we have certainly experienced the uh, evidence of an engine coming to a screeching, flaming, hot stop when the oil runs dry mm-hmm. or leaks out of the out of the system. When communication isn't there, it can really throw a wrench into things. You're right. And and sometimes when there's too much communication for things that don't really matter, it gets messy. It gets 
it gets convoluted and it gets hard to track and follow what really matters. And so that, there's the art element. <laughs> that's the Goldilocks principle exactly. coming into play. It's like every email is we try to tailor so that it is the right information, but not too much, mm-hmm. not leaving out any detail that really should be there. Yep. Uh, not uh, communicating, sending emails more often than we need to. Setting up a, you know, with a long ongoing project, having a rhythmic approach like uh, an, a status update every morning at 8.30, 9 o'clock. So it gets a client into a uh, condition of expecting a certain pattern. And there's a, there's a quality that we like to um, employ into our communication that doesn't make that communication seem robotic. What, what do we try to do, Jack? Well, we like to add a little pizzazz, but not you know too much pizzazz where you're you're distracting from the the topic. It's just just keeping it personable and keeping it like you're talking to a person and not a robot. And you know sometimes Outlook they have those recommendations you know on how to rephrase sentences and eliminate adjectives in certain words. And I you know I've gone with those recommendations sometimes, and I go, man, I, this is the client going to think I'm mad at them if I send this email? It just sounds so robotic and just. Eh. So we want to make everyone that we're communicating with feel like there is another person on the other side because there is, and they're not just talking to a wall that's just going to feed them updates every now and again. They have a team at their side. They have uh, a project manager that has their back and understands them on more than just a project basis, but on a professional level. And I've worked, you know, maybe you've worked with this person before. And they kind of understand the style of communication that this client likes. You know, there's just so much that goes into it that's beyond just the status update. But once again, it's it's keeping it concise and keeping it, you know, personable enough that it's effective. Yeah. So you talked about robotic communication. Have you ever gone to a fast food restaurant and asked them a question they've probably never been asked before in the workplace or in, in that domain? I have, yeah. Like, could I get a small fork and a large napkin with that? <laughs> right, right, right. Long pause, they just don't know how to deal with it. Just, uh, But then there are times where that person on the other side just dies laughing. You know, just it's, it's you know. I, I love that when they get it. I, yeah. feel sad, I feel sad for the person when they have no clue that you're, you're just like, messing with them. Oh, I'm that guy now. I'm that yeah. guy. Oh, I got to drive off. I can't even get my food. <laughs> I love that. Love that skit that David Letterman used to do years ago, coming through the drive-thru and ordering like a, a chocolate milkshake. And there was always the follow-up, standard follow-up question, would you like anything else? And he'd say something ridiculous, like, could I get cheese with that? <laughs> always a long pause. Just, are you sure about that? And then he flipped it around. It was really clever. He flipped around and he became the guy working in the drive-thru booth and somebody would come up and start to order, and he'd pretend like he was an air traffic controller. <laughs> okay, flight 236, you're ready on runway E12 for takeoff. It's just, I, I feel like that's a, that's a good point, is that in our day-to-day lives, when we're in a routine of things, things can get so robotic. You know, Even from the receiving side, the one placing the order, if something out of the ordinary happens it's kind of jarring it's like oh wait well, what is this and you know it's nice it's nice when you get in, can talk to people you know like people people and feel like wow 
And just have you know? a good, honest, in the moment, straightforward conversation. Right. Deal with what's relevant in front of you instead of something out of a, a training manual or a textbook. Yeah. And it's it's and in our industry, I think more than any other industry, the need for customization and just additions and 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 last minute stuff is is it's just abundant and just knowing that you don't have to go into a system and select one of five bubbles it's no it's it's entirely up to you you know we're we're all humans here and we all understand that we all need different things and you know what we're gonna we're gonna do our best to make it work and chances are if you just ask for it there's a pretty high probability we can make it happen so opening up that dialogue for future projects then to say hey you know, you can just just dump it all on me what you need, and that's our job to sift through it and figure out a plan for it. That's why we're consultants. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jack, this has been a great session. Um, I know you got a busy day, and I've got uh, a few things I got to do. So we're gonna we're gonna call it quits here for this session of uh, eDiscovery Basecamp. Thank you everybody for joining us. I want to remind you to uh, make sure you let the people around you know that they matter. So have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the eDiscovery Basecamp. If you have any questions, comments, or want us to cover a certain topic, email us at info at We'll see you next week.